don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. So we got a good email sent to us. We're going to answer about spies and lies in the United States, specifically looking at China as it's a lot in the news, more than most people realize about activity on U.S. soil, but also around the world. The writer wants to know, the listener wants to know, is it on the rise? What are they looking for? Everybody seems to be saying the same thing, yet saying nothing at all because they have no experience in the field, which we'll read and explain what he's saying there. This is a case of, yes, on one point, some of them happen to be right, but for the most part, they are, in fact, talking out their asses. They don't know what they're talking about. But we'll go over that, and I'm just going to give you a cataloged list of things and what their importance is and discuss the growing Chinese espionage activity going on around the world and in the United States. So spies and lies in the U.S. That's what we're going to talk about right here on Dreaming, Hiding in Plain Sight. We've actually talked a great deal in the last couple of years about Chinese spying, more than any other, I think, although I highlighted most of these espionage activities based on a specific event that happened and what we can learn from that event, something that spies do, or how this is happening, or how you might be targeted. We, lo- we looked at a lot of different variables. One of the things is, looking at unclassified information, is that nobody is probably conducting more espionage in the United States than China right now. That's probably true. <laughs> Truth versus fact. No, that's that's the deal. It's them. The majority of what they're looking for is aerospace and commercial stuff. We've talked about that. But there's plenty of other stuff that they're looking for too. And, and like any intelligence agency I've talked about before, they have their requirements, the things they want, why certain things are prioritized based on who they're working for, whatever their mission is. If they come across something else that they know is a requirement, but maybe it's not a priority for them, they'll collect on it and get that info. And there's a lot of things that they're going for. It gives them an advance and a jump on things when they're able to steal technology, proprietary information, you know, make advancements and stuff based on the sweat of another people and, and steal from them. They're very aggressive in these actions and focus solely on the theft of information and material more than anything else, at least what it seems like right now. While we do see it more in the news, one of the things we typically see associated with it is the success of counterintelligence and other intelligence assets in the United States, basically catching these guys, kicking them out, you know, <laughs> shooting down UFOs became spy balloons. But we got like the embassy or the consulate in Texas got shut down. There's been stuff on secret police stations where people have been arrested, deported, prosecuted. There's been other instances where people have been found 
The reason they're more and more happening is I alluded to a long time ago the possibility that they were sucking at their job because of the numbers they're throwing at it. They are throwing numbers at it, but there's going to be failures. And as good as they are at some of it, they're not that great at other parts. And we are focused a lot more on them now, but also on counterintelligence because of their increased activity in the last 20 years, 25 years, since the beginning of the century anyway. It's really been a big focus. I, I discussed how they said, let's take the gloves off, especially go after the United States. We had that prior episode. But we're going to look at some of the stuff that they have done worldwide and in the U.S. that's been successful for them, and we're only going to go back two or three years. If I went through and read the list of everything I'd found since the year 2000, I would probably, as fast as you're going to hear me read these things, I would probably be reading for 20 or 30 minutes. There's quite a bit. And every year it's been increasing. So their activities are increasing, which means a certain amount of failures will probably increase. They're not always learning from what they're doing, but because we're getting better at counterintelligence, we're finding more of them. But are we getting everything? Probably not. It's likely that there's a lot of successes that are happening that are known after the fact, but aren't going to be released publicly. The thing to look at, too, is looking at this information, not like the Chinese are bad or communism's bad. You can, you can have those opinions, but to take it in the same way as we talked about reading the news. These are just the things that are happening, and we need to understand them. And realizing that when nations commit espionage and collect from other people, even allies, is because of their own strategic interests and the things that they're looking for. A lot of them are threats, but a lot of them are not threats. A lot of them are developments. A lot of them are advancements. A lot of them, like for China, are to steal technology and trade secrets and that kind of stuff. Some of it is just to get in there and get people living in those areas. You know, some of it is focused on the militaries of those nations or certain military type groups. Some of it's to focus on activist groups, nonprofits, these types of things that are either covers or going to be covers for one or more nation spy agencies or we're going to use to exploit to get them to do things to make some sort of thing happen, like even up to regime change in a nation. It's a long list of things. They we might consider them nefarious, but they're a bunch of activities that a nation needs to perform in order to pursue their objectives. So let's kind of do a down and dirty here, starting in this first list is, let's see. Okay, based on the order this is, this is kind of, I think there's some items that are on both lists, so I apologize if I read one try, so I'll, I'll try to catch myself. This is like uh, mostly U.S.-based stuff and not major worldwide operations. I think some of it has some worldwide stuff. There, there's two lists. The other list is like considered major operations. But going to January 21, so that's as far back as we're going to go. A senior NASA, NASA official was sentenced for making false statements regarding his association to the Chinese Thousand Talents program, lied to investigators when questioned about his membership and professorship status in universities in China. So all for 2021, I'll go by month. February, former University of Florida professor indicted on charges to commit wire fraud and make false statements regarding a $1.7 million grant from the National Institute of Health. The indictment alleges he concealed business he established in China promoting a product he created using the National Institute of Health grant applying to join the Thousand Talents program. Also in February, a visiting Stanford researcher, a Chinese national was indicted for obstruction, alteration of records, visa fraud charges, and false statements regarding about her status as a member of the PRC, People's Republic of China, military forces, military intelligence, while conducting brain disease research in the United States. February, Hong Kong-based Chinese national charged with conspiracy to steal trade secrets from General Electric, recruited a GE engineer to steal MOSFET trade secrets and other proprietary information. And I'm kind of skipping through these because these have like the names and I don't want to try, I don't want to butcher all these names. Most of them are Chinese names. Some are American names for 
Americans that were recruited. I'm just hitting the highlights of them. So they're not perfectly smooth as I read them. I guess it was going to take a long time to try to make that happen. So March, uh, Chinese hackers targeted, Chinese government hackers. These are government people, not just affiliated citizens. Chinese government hackers targeted Microsoft's enterprise email software to steal data from 30,000 organizations around the world, including government agencies, legislative bodies, law firms, defense contractors, invest, infectious disease researchers, policy think tanks. In April, two state-backed hacking groups, state-sponsored, one of which works on behalf of the Chinese government specifically, exploited vulnerabilities in a VPN service to target organizations across the U.S. and Europe with a focus on U.S. defense contractors. April, New York City's Metropolitan Transport Authority was hacked by Chinese-based actors, but they were unable to gain access to user data. April, Chinese national pled guilty to illegally exporting $100,000 of U.S. goods to an affiliated Northwestern Polytechnical University in China. June, Chinese actors targeted organizations including Verizon in the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California using a platform used by government agencies and companies for secure remote access. July, the FBI and the Cyber Security and Infrastructure Security Agent, which I will say CISA or CISA, however I roll it out, CISA from now on, because it's a long name. Cyber Security Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA. Released a statement exposing a spear phishing campaign by Chinese state-sponsored hackers. 21, US, or July 21, U.S. NATO and allies accused the PRC of using contract hackers to conduct an ongoing global cyber espionage campaign that includes ransomware, cyber extortion, crypto jacking, and theft. Also in July, four Chinese hackers were indicted for cyber espionage to steal intellectual properties from companies, academia, and government entities in the U.S., that theft focused on economic benefit to Chinese state-owned enterprises. October, a former U.S. military pilot was charged with making false statements regarding his contact with Chinese intelligence, including cash payments. Also in October, a former Air War College professor, Chinese, national, pleaded guilty to making false statements regarding his relationship with a known official working with the Shanghai municipal government. Also in October, a Chinese link hacking group access to calling records and text messages from telecommunication carriers. November, former Broadcom employee was charged with theft of trade secrets prior to start as a director for Chinese-based startup on microprocessor company. Micro, yeah, microprocessors. Microprocessor. November, a federal jury convicted a Chinese national and deputy division director of the Sixth Bureau of the uh, Pacific Province's Ministry of State Security on conspiring and attempting to commit economic espionage and theft of trade secrets. November, CISA publicly Shared details on a vulnerability. Chinese hackers targeted nine companies, 370 servers, between September and October 21, using the same vulnerabilities. December 21, former Navy sailor, Chinese, or I keep saying Chinese nationals. They, they also could be Chinese by descent, but I'll keep, I think they're all Chinese nationals who joined the U.S. Navy, basically immigrated, was sentenced for conspiring to legally export sensitive military equipment to China. December, Chinese hackers breached four more U.S. defense and technology firms. December 21, cybersecurity firms found government-linked hackers from China, Iran, and North Korea. Okay, so just looking at 21, what do we no what do we notice here that's a trend? First of all, their preferred method is cyber. Cybersecurity, cyber hacking, and using hackers. That is their known preferred method for unclassified and classified reporting numbers of activities. Second, they do a lot of human intelligence. So when it comes to these ones like finding sailors, finding people that are Chinese nationals or Chinese descent to join the military, work for these different governments, organizations, some people doing research for the National Institute of Health, are 
people that they are recruiting to be spies for them. That was just 21, January 21. That's a long list. I didn't even count to see how many were on that list. And then 22 is, <laughs> what I'll do is I'll, because that was so long, I'll skip to the main, what we call the major cyber espionage incidents, and I'll just do the year 2022 on that list. Because remember, at 20, 20, I have 22 years of information. So we'll go backwards because that's how the list was made. It's <laughs> stupid. All right, December 2022. Chinese government linked hackers stole at least 20 million in COVID-19 relief funds from the United States government, including the Small Business Administration loans and unemployment insurance money. These U.S. Secret Service had recovered half of the money at the time that information was written down here. November, suspected Chinese linked actors carried out an espionage campaign on public and private organizations in the Philippines, Europe, and the United States. The attack used infected USB drives to deliver malware to the organizations. June, the FBI, National Security Agent, and CISA announced that Chinese state-sponsored hackers targeted and breached major telecommunications companies and network servers provided providers since at least 2020. May, a Chinese hacking group stole intellectual property assets from U.S. and European countries since 2019 and were largely undetected. It's believed these researchers are backed by the Chinese government. March, hackers linked to the Chinese government penetrated the networks belonging to government agencies of at least six different U.S. states in an espionage operation. They took advantage of the Log4j vulnerability to access networks in addition to several other vulnerable internet-facing web apps. February, an investigation led by Mandian discovered that hackers linked to the Chinese government compromised email accounts belonging to Wall Street Journal journalists. The hackers allegedly surveilled and exfiltrated data on the newspaper for over two years. December 21, since that was a short list, we'll do 21 as well. Chinese hackers breached four more U.S. defense and technology firms in December, in addition to one organization in November, also in December. Cybersecurity firms found government-linked hackers from China, Iran, and North Korea attempting to use Log4j vulnerabilities. They'd found already over 600,000 attempts to exploit. November 21, CISA publicly shared details on a vulnerability. Chinese hackers targeted nine companies and 370 servers between September and October using the same vulnerability, which is the Log4j. October 21, Chinese-linked hacking groups gained access to calling records and text messages from telecommunications carriers across the globe, according to a report from CrowdStrike. July 21, four Chinese nationals targeted companies, universities, and government entities in the United States and abroad, focused on the economic benefit and commercial sectors. July, the United States, European Union, NATO, and other world powers released joint statements condemning the Chinese government for a series of malicious cyber activities. They attributed responsibility to China for the Microsoft Exchange hack from early 2021 and the compromise of more than 100,000 servers worldwide. And they, they, yeah, they definitely did that. Also in July, the FBI and the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, say it again for you, released a statement exposing a spear phishing campaign by Chinese state-sponsored hackers. Chinese actors, let's see, June, Chinese actors targeted organizations including Verizon. No, I, I did that one already. Let's see. Anyway, you get the point. So going, and those are two separate lists. If they were all compiled together, they'd, they'd be longer. There's about 30 or so things for each year. And as they get, um, and that's it, pretty consistent back to about 2012-ish. And then it's a little less documented information prior to that. 
part of this list was a result of information from surveys and other publicly released information. Of course, it doesn't include anything that is classified. So we know that. So there, that, that would suggest that there's probably other things out there. The other information too is why does this stuff go public? It depends on how it goes public. Some of it is gonna be like, say, like for example, Verizon. You know, when they find out whether it's done through the United States government or not, and they find out, hey, this, uh, there's you know, a hacking group came after my telecommunications company and their state-sponsored or affiliated China. A lot of times those companies can release that information. It doesn't always come from the federal government or from leaks. Some of it's published later, and it's like many things I've talked about before. Sometimes it's to be like, hey, we know you're doing this stuff and we've caught you or we can see it. And it depends on what that technology is and why we're allowing it to happen or why we're, we're you know, making it a public statement that we're aware of it. Sometimes it is, in fact, things we're letting go on a little bit longer because they're not really getting anything of value. And we kind of want to backtrace where they're going, see what the technology is capable of doing. It's the same idea as when I talked about the satellites being shot down and why it was shot down in waters and not on ground and controlling those areas and getting all that information seeing what they're actually doing and what they're probably getting. There's reasons why those decisions are made. And it's just to understand there's a lot of things going on in this piece. And yes, there is a, a lot more activity. Part of the email, <laughs> which I said I was going to read and I closed. Um, or no, I, I didn't just close it. I deleted it. I can get it out of my trash folder, but I'm just going to keep talking. Basically what it was saying was that the individual had... had was looking up stuff on this and liked he likes the show and likes the espionage and the news stories and when I talk about why they happen and how they happen and hearing so much more about China lately and realizing it was kind of probably a little bit of fear porn just like we magically all of a sudden heard all the stuff about Russia out of nowhere when they're going to invade Ukraine but he, he what he realized was people were just parroting each other people that were bloggers or maybe they're big talking heads as I call them on the on the news or on you know podcasts or radio stations you know, the big guys, they got all these listeners. He's like, but none of them have the background. They're not diplomats. They weren't military or military intelligence. They didn't work for intelligence agencies. They didn't do analysis. They didn't do any of this stuff. They're media personalities or small-time bloggers. They don't have any expertise in this stuff. They're all saying basically the same thing. And he's like, some of them pull up one article or two articles on something and say like, um, you know, here's this thing that's happening. And, it, and they, they're saying, oh, you know, like the consulate in Texas, I think he uses an example when I talked about it was, People talking about all this increased activity and stuff like it's a bad thing. And he's like, it is a bad thing, but, you know, we caught him in that situation. They're not finding other ones out there, other situations that are going on. He's like, he, he did some research and, he, he, you know, he's finding this stuff. He's like, why aren't they doing that? And I was like, because you're right. They, they happen to be right that there's an increase. But when they just pull up one article because it made the news, they're just late to the party and jumping on the bandwagon. They're, you know, that's the kind of person that says in January... Sometime in January when the 100,000, 200,000 troops are on the border of Ukraine was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be right. They're going to invade Ukraine. When it was being talked about for like a year prior. I mean, I was talking about that in the fall. And I, I think I remember I would have talked about it maybe a month earlier, but I was busy packing out my house. But there's plenty of people who talked about it before then. So that's a person who's late to the party. Number two, they're, they're picking that one incident and justifying that as an increase. And that's... Um, that's not a fair comparison. You know, if they had all this other information and can show this list, let's say, what I even part of this list and show the numerical increase in the activities, they'd have a better story to tell. It's part of the reason why I did the uh, How to Read the News series, which I was going to follow up with one or two episodes using a good and like a bad article example and walk you through it and then provide links to that stuff. And it was taking a lot of time to really, 
it's taken a long time to find a good one. There's some decent bad ones out there. I was looking for a really bad one, but there was, um, I mean, there's plenty of really bad ones. I was looking for a really bad one from a, a decent or known news source, not some bullshit place like the Epoch Times or Epic Times, whatever people call it. And the good ones are hard to find. So if you want me to do that, let me know. And if you have any articles you want me to look at, I think it might be a candidate for a good or bad one. I'll, I'll definitely do one to two more follow-ups on that series and, and, and go through those with you about how we read those and, and the process I followed. Because I really wanted to do that. But I also was concerned you get bored with it. You know, like we're doing the same thing for like five shows. It's like two weeks of podcasts. I don't want people to walk away being like, he's not talking about Gray Man stuff. But going back to this, the activity is increasing. So these guys are seeing one article. They're saying it's increasing. They happen to be right, as I've said before. These are people that happen to be right. Okay, but they're not right on purpose. They're not doing good research. They're late to the party. You're right. They're not experts. They don't know what they're talking about. There are people out there, I am sure, that are experts that are talking about this and for a lot longer. I have no doubt about that. I follow some of them on Twitter that are experts in these areas that are crossing over in some aspects of things that I discuss. Some guys are, are Intel dudes or Intel researchers and spy novelists that have learned so much about that world, like they're doing really good at analysis. If you're interested in seeing who some of those people are, you can go through my Twitter feed and try to find them all. On my list, there's quite a bit. I mean, there's former CIA officers, KGB officers, all kinds of stuff. And, and some of them do quite well, choose to focus on that, that type of thing. But the people you're talking about, no, they're not experts. And this is one of the things we're looking at when evaluating the source. What you've done here is, and this is the part where I, other than writing the email back, this is the part I wanted to put on the show. What you've done, what this guy's done, is he's properly evaluated the source and came up with an assessment. And he, he's realized, because he, he mentioned a few specific sources, all these people have no expertise in these areas whatsoever. They're all essentially what we call media personalities. And they're from um, both, both major political parties, well-known people somewhat well known anyway and, and there's a few more i'm sure he's looked at and he found several incidents of stuff and he crossed over some of it where he was looking for similar information but it wasn't specific to china he found older stuff on russia he was trying to see were people writing about any other nations and he was coming up with this kind of idea of their level of consistency on it which he considered a fail because they didn't really have the information they were doing more of the there were some facts leading to a subjective truth that in many cases, because like the increase happens to be true as an objectively true as a matter of fact, but they didn't have those facts. They didn't have that information. So what he had done is properly assess that source and he's still looking at those people. He just realizes what they're doing. And now what he's questioning is, should I take what I have on that for this subject, this kind of area theme I'm looking at and apply it to everything they do? And I was like, no, you shouldn't apply to that, but you should remind yourself and be aware that that happened. Because if you choose to pick a whole other subject they talk about, any other subject that they talk about regularly, and then make sure it's something they're not an expert in. And I told them, don't use like elections or something, use something else. And then go through and look at that information and find out does it follow the same pattern. You can determine the level of consistency that they have. And I said, you'll probably find some consistency for some of these. Some of these guys are definitely gonna have the consistency, some won't. But this is part of how you evaluate the source. I just wanted to burn through that list of facts and that information. I mean, if anybody wants it, email me, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the whole list. You can look it over and research it. Um, what to look at there though is just to tell you the volume of stuff that's out there. Like that is, <laughs> Like this is probably, this is a pretty large uh, font. Well, it's, it's 
on my laptop it's full page size like i can see the full width of the page but not the whole length of the page that i'm the piece of paper i'm reading so one two three four five six. Oh, that's going to take too long um let's see 10 15 25 26 30 so it looks like it's 32 pages. I probably read you three of those, three or four at most. Yeah, I think three, three and a half actually, 32 pages. So I read you 10% roughly. There's quite a bit of stuff there to look at. It's not everything. So if you want that list, let me know. But definitely uh, think about what this guy is doing. Think about when you're researching this information, finding out that there are a lot more facts out there to tell that story, that you can find people that just because they're not doing well or doing it badly doesn't mean they're doing it intentionally. Like, I don't think a lot of these guys that he's looking at are doing any of this intentionally. I think they, I think it's a mix of wholeheartedly believing in what they're doing. I think it's, you know, catering to their customers to a certain degree. And I do believe some of them in some situations have a little bit of that Dunning-Kruger effect where they believe they have a, a level of expertise they clearly do not. You know, they're a little, basically the ego. I think it's the mix of those things, but I don't think it makes them bad people doing anything intentionally bad. But you'll find that people can happen to be right. This is why I said if you do the truth and fact list, you get things that are factually true, as an objectively true a collection of facts, but based how they chose to present it in their writing, we, I would put it in the truth column because of how they tried to use it. And the reason I do that is it's how they tried to use it, so I... It shows they probably don't understand it because they could make it very objectively um, true in a statement. Or even if they know that, they're trying to do it to sway another way, make you think or believe or, or to do something another way when it's, you know, instead of having you take the information, make your own decision. You know, those, those are part of the reason why I do it. I, I mean, granted, I, look, I do it too. I tell you some of this stuff's right or wrong, but it is up to you to try to make those determinations yourself and and uh, go through and read the information and decide well, the best you can. And I'm not the only person to listen to. There's other people like me out there. There's people with better careers than I ever had. There's plenty of former CIA guys out there that have written books that were covert officers or clandestine officers, guys that did overt stuff, guys that lived in cover status. There's guys out there who wrote books. There's probably guys with YouTube channels out there. I, I know there's some. I mean, there's the guy... Gosh, it was a massive growing podcast this year. It's called, I think it's called The President's Daily Brief. The guy, oh man, his name escapes me right now, but he's a former CIA officer. I would, you should check the podcast out, see if you like it. They're very short. He does like one or two a day and they're usually around, give or take, around 10 minutes. He's the guy, the former Intel officer is on Joe Rogan a lot. He's also been on some documentaries talking about stuff. And uh, he's a good example of how people have these preconceived notions about the agency and what they think or do that make all these bullshit comments about them. They have no idea what they're talking about. But you might want to check that out. It's like on Apple, the top, it's like, what, number five or something? <laughs> it, it grew pretty pretty big. But anyway, you can check that out. So, uh, yeah, let me know if you want that list. Thanks for listening. I'll uh, get some more stuff for you soon. I'm going for the Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday plan here. I'm, my goal is a Sunday, Thursday morning release and then a Thursday afternoon since it's a longer gap till Sunday. And uh, at least doing two uh, and then hopefully three a week. We'll see how that goes. 
So come back soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Check out our show notes. I've replaced them all on all the episodes. Trying to do a better setup. And hopefully if Luke starts his podcast soon, we'll be talking about that.